Welcome to On Point Speech and Debate. My name is Simon Richards. Today, the podcast is joined by my fellow Region 6 competitor, Luke Buck, to discuss his pro tips on how to maximize your judge riz in limited preparation speeches. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome back to the On Point Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Luke Buck. And uh, Luke Buck, I've actually wanted to have you on this podcast for a while now. Um, and so I'm going to read a couple of your accomplishments really quickly here. So these, I actually just pulled from the uh, the tournament results page um, just two weeks into the NCFCA 2024 season. And for the first qualifier, Luke Buck, he won extemp. He got second in apologetics and impromptu. And then he went to the national mixer in St. Paul, which he got second in apologetics. He won extemp and impromptu. And then last year in the Nationals of 2023, he got seventh in apologetics, sixth in extemp, and fifth in impromptu. And so I'd say that you're a pretty accomplished limited prep speaker, Luke. So uh, today I just wanted to chat with you a little bit about limited preps, what you do, your strategies behind it, so that you can give some insight to this podcast. So uh, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, for sure, Luke. Thanks for having me. Great. Um, Well, before we actually get into the meat of this episode, um, I wanted to get something out of the way. So uh, what is it about you that really gives you such a good voice? Um, is it the rice that you eat or is it just like lots of hard work that you put into it? Dude, it's got to be the rice. You got to, you got to, you can't have Uncle Ben's rice. You got to have, you got to buy the Chinese brand. So that's what I always do. All right. I got to carry a bowl with me before I go into my rooms to give me that extra boost, I guess. Uh, I actually so that's do that. the first yeah. insight from Luke. You do? Yeah. Not the the Panda Express rice, or is it like a special no. thing from, like authentic? No, rice? not not Panda Express, dude. That's not the play. So uh, let's dive in here. Um, first, let's talk about limited preps in general. So extemp and prompt you apologetics. Uh, what would you say makes you good at this? Hmm, it's a good question. Well, I've been doing all three of those speeches for well five years. This is my fifth year doing extemp my sixth year doing impromptu and i think like my second year doing apol but i'm doing i've been doing the those speeches a lot so that definitely helps and I, I was by no means good when i first started and i think that's probably true with most people when they start out unless you're like christian park and you're just automatically overpowered when you jump in the league right. you're not going to be good when you first start um but i've just been doing it a lot and I try to have fun while I'm doing it. And I think that's maybe what separates me from other people because I sort of joke around, um, try and act as personable as possible when I'm giving my speeches. So I think from from my understanding, that's, that's helped me uh, in competing in limited preps. So you would say it's more of the relaxed confidence aura that you have as you go into the room and you present. You yeah, you definitely want to, yeah, you definitely want to be relaxed. And I think a lot of the times you want to set yourself apart somehow, whether it be through your confidence, whether it be if you're very eloquent, maybe you're really funny. Um, the way I do that is I just try and be more personable in my speaking. And that's helped me do well in limited prep categories. Yeah. And I think we're going to touch on becoming more personable or really what separates you from other people in the room a little bit later on but for limited preps in general it doesn't have to be something that's specific to you but with limited preps as a category in general 
what would you say is like the most important thing competitors should keep in mind as they they're in their prep time for extent apologetics impromptu or they're going into the room about to deliver their speech what would you say is the most important thing to keep in mind with that what i try and do is you want to connect with the judges because it's very difficult to do that in limited preps i remember when i first started doing impromptu when i was a novice I would watch other people doing prompts. They give very eloquent speeches. Okay, I want to be like that. So I would go up there, give a speech. I would have some sort of like biblical impact in the end, which is good. You should you should have that. Um, but it was just so robotic, and I was sort of just like trying to sound nice. And I think it was my second year of competing in impromptu where I was like, okay, you know what? Screw this. I'm no longer going to try and be eloquent and be super polished. I'm just going to have fun with this. And after that, um, I think I've been able to excel a lot more. So I think the number one thing, and this won't be true for everyone, but for me is like, what can I do in this speech that will connect with the judges? Sometimes it'll be, maybe you tell a story, or maybe you crack a joke. Maybe it's just your overall demeanor. Um, and yeah, that's probably the main consideration for me. Obviously, you you want to have a good speech too. You want to have good content and stuff like that. Right. Um, but if you want to set yourself apart, try to just be personable so the connection that you have with the judges you're saying that that comes to not being so stiff or robotic but showing your personality through your speeches um mm -hmm. that's a it's a great way to say it but i feel like it's always easier said than done so how have you found yourself to actually implement that in your speeches would you say it's just practice or is it something else that's a good question um I think when I was younger, when I was even debating too, uh, people would see me joking around in our club and they're like, okay, this kid, he, he's a goofy goober. But then when he's debating, he's just like super serious or when he's giving a speech, he's super serious. So I was always encouraged to sort of like let your personality come through. And that's such good advice. I think people don't recognize how good that advice is. Um, I think you can prepare in, even though it's a limited prep category, you can prepare in ways you can act personal. So for example, for impromptu, um, what I do is I have on my notes app on my phone, just like random funny stories from my life. And th it's inevitable that I'll use one of them while I'm speaking. Sometimes they're pretty overused, um, but I like telling stories and um, almost you almost come across more confident when you say something that like doesn't sound right, but then you recognize that it doesn't sound right. Like I was, I was giving an impromptu at the last tournament and, um, I started off with like this Kobe Bryant analogy and like this awesome, awesome quote that he had. And I was just like trying to like be inspiring in the words I was saying. And then I was like, okay, judges, you're probably thinking this kid is giving an inspirational speech to me right now. This is not a normal impromptu. So like saying, having a lot of like little inserts like that, just to recognize that it's, it's like a conversation. It's less of a speech, I think, when you're giving a platform. It's more formal. Um, mm -hmm. But it's a conversation and treat it like that. So that's that's sort of a tangible thing that I've done. Yeah, that's, that's really good, uh, especially with like the practical step that you had, which is like just having stories on your phone that you would use and that you would apply to your speeches. And on that note, how would you prepare for them? I guess, how would you just prepare for limited preps in general? Um, do you currently like prepare for limited preps off season or before the tournaments? Um, what is your strategy for that? And 
yeah, chime in on there. Yeah, so there's, there's definitely a different strategy for the three limited preps. I'll start with APOL because I think it's the most straightforward. You know that in apologetics, you have APOL cards. And people stress a lot about having very well thought out cards on every topic. Um, but I don't think you need to do that because last year what I did is I just had Bible verses on every topic. I didn't really have a fully fleshed out card. But I had Bible verses, and then I also had one note card that I like titled "Goaded Apol Card," and I just had basically a bunch of analogies and like Bible stories that I could use that I could cross cross apply, even like stories from my own life that I could use in Apol. Um, so if you if you want to do well in Apol, but you don't want to like spend a ton of time prepping out every speech, you can totally do that just by having Bible verses and then just inserting your own personal stories or your own personal applications, maybe something you've been reading. I like doing that a lot. Like when I'm reading for a class, I just talk about it in my APOL speech. Um, Mm -hmm. But also it's ideal to have fully prepped out cards for APOL. I'm working on that this year. Hopefully I'll have that by the end of the year. Um, And then, and then extent is, extent is very different. So ideally what you want to do for extent is you want to read the news. You want to be familiar with current events. This year it's a domestic resolution of sorts so read a lot of news about u.s policies and what's going on i have competed in extent five years and i have never read the news i mean i do sometimes but i rarely ever read the news um and what's great is extempers have extemp genie so if you're going into extemp and you're scared like oh no i haven't read the news that (laughs) that's my problem every single year and i i should be reading the news i'm just sort of lazy um, but if you have extent genie, you can find articles on the topic and formulate a speech very effectively. And it's really not scary because you have 20 minutes of prep time. Um, if you were to prepare beforehand, I'd suggest maybe memorizing some quotes that you can apply, uh, and like a Paul and impromptu use your own personal story. They use this story of my brother, um, my brother opening up a candy store in our house to like illustrate economic principles. I use that a lot in my, <laughs> in my speeches and the judges think it's funny. Um, so yeah, for step, ideally you want to read the news. And I've this year been choosing more mainstream topics because I want to educate myself on the news. Um, hmm. But also what I've done with extent is if you don't read the news, a uh, useful strategy is just to always pick the more obscure topic. And it yeah. sounds like a risky strategy, but if you do that, the judges don't know what you're talking about. You don't really know, but you find out from Extent Genie what you're talking about. So you're sort of speaking from authority and they also don't have like preconceived biases. Now I've done that mm. for like the majority of my years doing Extent, but just this year, I've sort of switched my strategy to picking a topic that I think the judges would care about more. And it's a little bit riskier for me because then that sort of forces me to read the news more. But I found that I've been able to give like speeches much more passionately and talk about things that I care about. So I think as an end goal, when you're picking these STEM topics, try and pick a topic maybe that you don't necessarily know about more, but pick a topic that you think judges will care about more. And I found that I've done better um, in those with those topics specifically. And then um, impromptu. Impromptu is the most fun because I usually get stressed out at speech anyway, tournaments, like when, when I'm about to give my speech, especially for APOL or extent, 
but impromptu, <laughs> there's really nothing that you can stress out about because it's not like you can prepare beforehand. There's nothing you can do. You just go in there and hope for the best. So I, I sort of like impromptu because of that. It's, it is still useful though, to have Bible stories and uh, spiritual applications as well as personal stories and stuff that you'd like to use in your speech because that enhances the speech so much. No one wants to hear a 17-year-old kid just like straight yapping about something to the judges and the judges, it's like, what is this kid talking about? So it's it's nice to have like your own personal story so that you can sort of um, just speak from your own life. Right. Yeah, you touched on a lot of great things there. Um, and I'd like to, to touch on a few as well. Uh, so first off with apologetics, you mentioned that, you know, last year you didn't really have many cards. You would just have like some Bible verses and the goaded April card that you would reference. Um, would you say that that's a good strategy to have because it makes the apologetic speech seem more free flowing? Obviously, it would be ideal to have a fully fleshed out card. But speaking from a general sense, do you think that having a fully fleshed out card makes you feel more robotic? And in that way, if you do have one, which is what is ideal, then you should strive to be more natural. I would say is having a fully fleshed out eight ball card is still ideal. Like I've written maybe seven fully fleshed out eight ball cards that were like fully prepped out speeches. And I gave a speech on it once this year and it was so nice. Um, I was, I was, I was very comfortable with, with that topic because I prepared a lot on it. So Mm -hmm. I still think that's ideal. And I think that, I mean, you have four minutes of prep time, so you can go through your whole your whole card and like review the stuff you're going to say. Like, oh yeah, I wanted to talk about this analogy, or I wanted to talk about this Bible verse. So I think you have enough time where if you have a fully prepped out eight ball card, you can do very well. However, not everyone has all the time to prepare beforehand, and don't let that be a deterrent to you doing eight ball, um, because even with just a card with five or so Bible verses, and then another miscellaneous eight ball card that you can cross apply you can give awesome speeches and um eight ball is such a great category because oftentimes you're speaking to something maybe the judge is going through maybe the judge is lacking confidence in some spiritual area and by no means am i an authority but through me giving the words of god through the bible you can speak to their life so i think eight ball is it's such a great category probably my favorite category to be honest yeah next up you mentioned uh, extemporaneous and i really like what you mentioned about how you had like you would used to pick obscure like stories because you didn't really know how to have like a good input on a story that most people already know and so because of that a lot of the judges don't already have their own opinion on that and this is actually a strategy that i use so i'm interested to talk about this a little bit more so the way that i think about it is I picked the obscure one um, for the same reason you did it last year. But the problem with that is impacting it so that the judge actually cares about it. Because if it's obscure, then the judge oftentimes doesn't really care about it. So would you say that's the reason why you switched from picking an obscure one to a more meaningful topic? Yeah, I think you I think you nailed it. That's a problem I've had where I've picked an obscure topic and maybe they're learning something new. Maybe you're learning something new as well. But finding an impact and finding a way for the judge to care about it is so difficult. And you can always like have a sort of emotional impact in the end. And even with the extent they sort of change the ballot where you, they want you to have 
they want you to speak from a biblical worldview, which is sort of controversial. Um, but it's very, I think it's very difficult when you have a very obscure topic, especially if it's like only economic focused to have a strong impact. And that's what I found um, true with, with my ballot of looking back. Even when I deliver like rhetorically the speeches, way worse than a previous speech that I gave. But the speech that was on a, a topic that the judges care about more usually did better. So I think that should be the focus um, when you're picking between two different uh, extemporaneous topics. Yeah, for sure. But you also mentioned that, you know, you don't really read the news a lot. So do you find that's also a, a constant struggle? Because oftentimes when you pick the more meaningful topic, it's also a more headline issue news type thing that a lot of the judges probably already know about. And because of that, you think it's harder for you to formulate an opinion on it and it's harder to deliver that to the judge? Or do you think that it kind of it kind of balances out because you pick a more meaningful topic? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it definitely depends on the topic. I remember when I was giving extent speeches like when COVID was a huge thing, I almost always just avoided those topics because mm-hmm. everyone had very strong biases on that on that issue and they had their own opinions and I didn't want to like trigger one of their bad opinions. So I think an example like that, I would avoid the more uh, mainline or mainstream uh, topic. But beyond that, I think it's okay to pick mainstream topics because if you generally know like a little bit of the news like me, I'm not like completely ignorant to the news. Like I know a little bit from like talking to other people. Um, Mm -hmm. I think you can do well just if you know like the right thesis. And even if you've never heard of the topic before, you've never heard of it. I think you can sort of formulate a good thesis just based on your own opinions of, oh, I like the free market, for example. I support freedom. I support uh, the US uh, saving lives, stuff like that. If you just generally believe those things and you believe that the general audience can relate to those same beliefs, I think you can give a really great thesis on really any extemporaneous topic. And you would say that's really the main method that you use to appeal to the judges is having a strong set of beliefs that you try to incorporate or weave in with your topic. Mm-hmm. I've I found that when I, when I first started Extemp, I struggled a lot with having a strong answer to the prompt. And I got that a lot of my ballots. So another thing about extemp is right after you read the question, like my topic was this, I think you need to immediately respond with a very strong thesis. And judges appreciate that so much, even if it sort of disrupts the flow of your speech. It's so important to do that. And um, later on in your speech, you can give like the main reasons why and like the, the values that you are arguing for. But the main thesis, would that be different from like you give your roadmap and it's like, my answer to this question is no, but I'll examine why that is later in my third point. Uh, How is a thesis different from this? And yeah, how would you do that? Okay. You cut out a little bit, but I think I got your question. Um, Okay. Sort of what I like to do is I get the question and then I say, my answer to this is yes. And then I immediately follow it with a sentence that sort of represents the entire theme of my speech. Although I think rhetorically, sometimes the speech sounds better 
and it flows better when you say, I'll get into the specifics of this later. I think judges don't necessarily like that. So answering yes, like the one word yes or the one word no, and then immediately following it up with a sentence that represents your overall thesis of the speech, um, judges really appreciate that because they know what your stance is and they're not constantly asking for like your background points and your first couple points, like where is he even going with this? Yeah. And in general with extemporaneous, um, you mentioned that the way that you appeal to the judge is making it more meaningful to them so that they care more. Is this also the, the way that you use to stand out from other competitors in the room? Or is it a mix between this and also showing your personality? Mm. I would say um, that you can definitely stand out from other people by having a strong impact and making your speech meaningful. For me personally, um, the way that I try and stand out is what I was talking about earlier, just trying to be personable in the way I present my speech. And it's harder in extent. It's very hard in a TP, especially, for example. I think it's easier to sound personable in an impromptu or an eight-ball speech, um, mm-hmm. but you can definitely do it in extent as well. And for me, that's how I've tried to stand out from other people. And again, it it won't that won't be the same strategy for everyone. Maybe like you're really funny and you just really use that in your speaking and you can stand out from other people and you'll do great with that. But find an area that you would say you excel at in your in your speaking and just use that to stand out from other people. And would you say that you do really good in limited preps because you've honed in this skill a lot and so you've you've gotten really good at it? Or would you say that it's because you because a lot of other competitors don't actually do it? Hmm. It's probably a combination of both. I've watched a lot of, I'll use the example of APOL. So I have an APOL class at uh, my local club and I listen to their APOL speeches. They're so good. Like the way that they're presenting their speeches, like rhetorically so good. They have such great support. They have such um, like great background and everything. Um, and I don't think I can achieve that myself. But what I do is I just try to be different and I remember when I was a novice, my mom was telling me about this, where she was watching or judging apologetics finals like six years ago or whatever. And she was telling me that there was a bunch of people that would go in there and they're like super professional. They give a super polished speech. Um, but then there was this one girl who would go in the speech room and she was very laid back and she was like telling a story about her grandma. And even though it wasn't as polished as the other speeches, she said that she ranked it first just because she really liked how they were just a human being when they were presenting presenting their speech. And mm-hmm. I think if you can treat it as a conversation, um, that really helps. So it's definitely a combination of both because people are very eloquent and they're going to give very great speeches, but they sometimes forget, oh, wait, I'm very good at this thing. I should let my personality come up in this way. And they just really don't do that with their speech. So, yeah. Yeah. That's really good. And I can definitely see a theme emerging from here, like uh, showing off your personality. Um, and on that note, do you have any tips on people to improve their personality so that it looks better to the judge? Dude, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> your personality is pretty bad. No, I'm kidding. You have a great personality. Just let it out. Just just keep giving speeches. Um, yeah, 
It's so rare. Yeah, yeah. You'll start out giving linear preps and you'll be great. So yeah. Yeah, of course. And so with impromptu, um, moving on to impromptu. With impromptus, do you usually carry on the same structure throughout all of your impromptus? Or do you like to change it up a little bit to kind of give off that impromptu-ish feeling? Hmm. I like to change it up. Um, the general structure, well, a common structure that I do is I give like three analogies. Um, and I like to end on an impact. Um, but it really depends on the topic. Sometimes I have two points. Sometimes I have three points. Um, and that's okay. With impromptu, it's one of those speech categories where whenever my friends ask if they can watch my speech, I'm just like, dude, no, don't watch my speech. Because I, <laughs> I would be saying the weirdest things in my impromptu. I don't even know what I'm about to say in my impromptu. So it's, it's so random. You can never predict it. Um, but y- effective use of stories is my favorite thing to do in impromptus. Yeah, that's great. Well, I think I like to end... Um, on something slightly different but still carrying the same theme on that's with like team policy speeches and so you mentioned earlier that it's harder to show your personality through team policy speeches which makes sense because it's debate not speech maybe you don't want to be so personable so in what way do you approach team policy speeches that's actually a great question because this is something i am struggling with right now i'm trying to be more personable in my TP speeches. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard because the level of professionalism in TP, in my opinion, is so much higher than in a limited prep speech. I am notorious in our region for just lowering my voice when I speak in TP. (laughs) I'm not going to lie, that probably hurts. uh, Hurts my like ability to be like relatable because like I'm just trying to act like a polished speaker. And I think when you're giving, when you're giving TP speeches, it's very hard to be personable, but if you can be reasonable, I think that's, that's a sort of, a sort of caveat that you can do in TP because you're, you're giving argumentation. So there was this one very good speaker, um, who graduated when I was in office actually, and he wasn't like super great at research and he wasn't like known for a very as a very good tp debater but he was so good at speech and he was very effective at debate because he was so reasonable i remember he debated me once and i was like making all these crazy claims about like signature drone strikes or whatever and he (laughs) even like said in the round okay let's be reasonable and he was like i agree with this i agree with that however i disagree here and i think that's something that's in TP, it's not effectively used very well, but that's really how you persuade people because in real life, the way to sound reasonable and the the way to sound like you're trying to get at truth instead of just trying to win the argument is agreeing with the other team and saying, yes, I, I agree with all these things. However, this little caveat, and then you insert your argument. And that's a strategy that my brother actually taught me when I was in my second year. And Although it's it's less being personable, you still come across as um, more reasonable and someone who wants to get at truth. And I think in TP, that's sort of the goal. So that's something that I've been doing and I'm still working on trying to be more personable in TP. Yeah. Well, I guess from all of this, I can kind of tell that at the end of the day, you should just be personable in your speech and uh, you should just let your personality shine just how the Disney cartoons told us we should. 
So they were right at the end of the day, and um, that's the way that we should do it. Well, thank you so much, Luke, for um, being on here, and I I appreciate all the insights that you had. I learned a lot for sure. So thank you for your Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it.